Uh, I have to warn you that my dehumidifier might turn on. Hmm. Dehumidifier in mm, January. Mm, I got a whole, I got a whole new rig going here. I got a lot lot of dampness in January. Oh my God. In the Northern Hemisphere. (sighs) Microclimates. Okay. Hang on. Wonderground. I'll send you directly to my station. Hmm. Okay. It's I, not I for everybody. Know, I need to know the relative humidity. I, mean, I don't know how I can even continue this podcast without uh-huh. immediately knowing the relative humidity. Uh, well, this is outside our flat, and mm-hmm. uh, it identifies the weather conditions. Please do not give this to other people. Mm. Mm. And you will see we are currently, as of 6.31 p.m. on January 15th, we're clocking in at 98% humidity. Wonderground. Wonderground. <laughs> and that's my that's my bespoke uh, weather station. Nice. I love it. It's going to rain, huh? It, oh, yeah, it's raining like hell. We get an inch tomorrow, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I so have, keep, go. keep the mold at bay, the dehumidifier. Mm, I just keep, it makes it more pleasant. I mean, it's the time of year where you like walk around and it feels like you're just wearing sponges. Like that's, you know, now I'm wearing pants right now. But I did a, a program earlier today, and I had to take my pants off. It was just too wet. Too wet. You mm. walk around, you just get wet. And you perspire. It's a special kind of San Francisco feeling where you're both, like, wet and warm and moist. And I'm distinguishing there. There's the wet of the rain, but there's the moisture of your body and your sponge pants. Mm. That's What's funny? <laughs> I, I, there's some kind of SpongeBob joke in there, but I couldn't get it. <laughs> Good job, Squidward. Um. Mm. I haven't called you Squidward in years. I gave that up pretty early. That's that's back in the, what, 2011, 2012 days. Mm, yeah. That's back when I didn't even know you very well. I just knew you from afar. You just knew the sound of my voice. Yeah, you criticized me for not finishing a book. You uh, you had remarks Wait, did sometimes. I? What book did you not finish? I'm going through a whole thing right now. I'm not going to call it self-improvement, but I'm, I'm calling it lots of small reboots. I don't know what I'm calling it. But one of those... <laughs> lots of small reboots also known as tiny strokes. <laughs> What's my brain call? having lots of small reboots? <laughs> What you call small plates? We do things a little bit different here. <laughs> yeah, sometimes my brain shuts off, and then I go away for a while, but I come back. Uh, <laughs> oh, strokey, we called him. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter, but you know, people like I, I, speaking, it. Speaking of brain diseases and strokey, I just learned about scrapey. Do you know about scrapey? No, tell me about scrapey. Scrapey is uh, what what they call a condition where your sheep get uh, a brain disease and they scrape themselves against the side of fences until they die. Oh, my that's, God. That's when your sheep's got scrapey. You got scrapey disease. We're just ador- it's just called scrapey. It's not called scrapey disease. It's an adorable name for a horrifying It's so cute. Ailment. It's like dropsy. Dropsy should be yeah. so cute. Yeah. It's a fatal I mean, degenerative it, it, disease affecting the central nervous system of sheep and goats. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Scrapey. Putting in notes. Oh, scrapey, scrapey can go alongside pinchy <laughs> as, a, as a horrifying yet adorable uh, is term. Pin- Wait, now pinchy's the lobster, right? The pet lobster that they eat. Pinchy, I miss Who's, so um, Oh, and the big one's bitey. That's on the monorail, hmm. yeah. right? And Stampy is the elephant. Stampy. You, you had an elephant. His name was Stampy. Name you was loved Stampy. him. You loved him. She's so, she's so angry and disgusted. That's the way she says it. Um, I'm on the page for Scrapey <laughs> for the USDA and includes a little uh, CSS header. This website will not be updated during a lapse in federal funding. Content on this website will not be current or maintained. So there might be updates on Scrapey that we, we won't know about until probably April. 
Yeah, this I, I got this. Uh, I learned about Scrapey from this Wired article that I dove into, not knowing how it was end is going to end, but mm-hmm. kind of suspecting. Anyway, um, one couple's tireless crusade to stop a genetic killer. Hmm. Oh wow! And so they're about, fight, they're uh, fighting Scrapey. Well, the human version of it. It's a terrible, horrifying disease, and uh, this oh, genetic God. component. And uh, this person found out that she has it. Oh no! Her mom died from it, and she and her husband quit their jobs and became scientists to find a cure. Oh my God! This isn't funny. It, it mentions Scrapey in passing. Prions are not funny. Oh no 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 no! Okay, closing that window. Yeah, I don't like. I don't, <laughs> There's I don't, no I, bad pictures. It's all just adorable pictures of of loving people. Yeah, it looks like uh, Maya Rudolph in a sweater. La la la. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in a good mood tonight. You're all singy. What's what's going mm-hmm. on? I don't know. I was going to tell you about all my reboots, but now I'm not even interested. I have many re- reboots that you could interrogate me about. Well, I'm well. We should we should dive right in because I've I've got some I've got some stuff that I need to get to. You know, why I need to get to it. Why? Because I hear you on other podcasts that you do because you're disloyal. Okay. And, and okay. you start talking about something that's been in these show notes for like three weeks. I'm like, no, what? don't talk about it. No, don't me? talk about it. No, don't talk I didn't about do it. That. It's going to be on our show. Don't talk about look. it. Let me go look. You, I just barely dodged the bullet with the most recent Roderick on the line. What? Mini topic number one. Let's dive right in. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that was on it. That, not, now, cut. That's don't, been there that, for that's a, a long that's time. That's a new mini topic. You've had, don't make me go to revisions. You've been out of that recently. I think it's been there for at least uh, two weeks. No, it's at the top of the list. And see, I put my fad go diet to down. history. Let's go to the videotape. I'm, you're in a good mood. I put fad diet under Bandersnatch. I added Bandersnatch. Yeah, I saw that, I saw that you added, added Bandersnatch that. notes. I put it, I prepended it to your bird box because I think we've already talked about a quiet place. So we don't need to talk about bird box. I didn't put the bird box there. You did. You put, uh, you did that. I didn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. You must have put, his, did I do that? I, you, you either put it there or you put the question <gasps> mark after it or both. I think you did it. I think this is another one of your differences, little slide-ins. No, oh, no. I, I wouldn't. Did I put bird box? We need box? to get a third person on this podcast who can remember things. You know what it is? We need a witness. We, we need somebody to just be here like a, a like notary. A, notary. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast notary. Yeah. Look, could you read that back, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess notary. I don't know if I've made that joke before. I might have. Uh, you know, you know what? It's fine. It's all I want to say is, if I don't move for a while, my dehumidifier may turn on. I'm not sure. I've done several automations. I've got an I've got an awesome new automation. I've added a second motion sensor to my office, so no, no matter where I am, the lights turn on. I have another thing based on where when I leave the office, the dehumidifier turns on. It turns off when I arrive at the office. So I haven't fully tested the, the regex, as you say, of this yet. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it shouldn't turn on unless it thinks I left. So I think, I think I'm good. But I want to warn you. Also, people are shucking and jiving in the garage. I don't know what they're doing in the garage. Uh, <laughs> visiting your shadow childhood is what they're doing. Uh, no, it's not, not in my garage. It's their garage. Their garage right. that joins my office here by Coit Tower. Thursday, January 10th. Uh, this mini topic is in there. I'm going to go back farther. We need to go deeper. You're telling me this has been at the top of many mine eye topics. It's been, I don't know if it's been at the top, but it's been in there. I shuffled the order. I don't. Uh, January 8th, still there. Going back in time. <sighs> All right. All right. I, I capitulate. I capitulate. Right. Can we take out the Chromebook? It's so old. Can we take out the Chromebook? Yes, you can. I've, I've done trimming. Yeah, right, January, I'm out the January 8th, I added that. So it was, it was exactly a week ago. In the interest of the infinite timeline, I think we should leave in Flophouse Communications because that could be a big one sometime. Sure. 
uh, I moved up genre Britishisms to the top of big topics. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that at some point. And then you understand my Bandersnatch is not a typical run of the mill Bandersnatch. It's about, you see, it says, what are you doing? You're, oh, what? Don't edit it. What are you doing? I see you're. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just so the listener knows, I'm watching John edit the Google Doc in real time. And as usual, it is a trip. Merlin's, I can't get this Merlin's I can't reboots. get this idea out of my head of having a stenographer say John, <laughs> ha ha ha, Merlin, la la la. No, she, she wouldn't say it musically. Right. The, the sten- right, right. Stenographer. It's not would, a screenplay. It's not like they're saying, you know, disgustedly yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Merlin, la la la. La la la. Yeah. All right, jump in. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, so this preceded me mentioning my outing myself to John Roderick on another show. You've been oh, curious about this. You new outed topic. yourself so long ago. You've uh, been outing yourself to, to anyone who would listen. You're like, yeah. you know, I'm doing CrossFit. Did you know I'm doing CrossFit? Hey, have you heard about CrossFit? Oh yeah, I like to do that one with the ropes, or I row. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I row, but I love the one with the ropes, yep. and also the tire one. I love the tire. Have you tried CrossFit, John? You should really try CrossFit. Yeah. This mer- the main topic is. Merlin loves basketball. I do not. We're just he friends. He loves it. No, he wants just, to marry shut it. Up. He wants to give basketball a big sloppy kiss. It was helping me with my homework. Can you please read the tweet that's yes. underneath this? Yes, uh, this is under Merlin loves basketball, and then I click. I'm clicking, and uh, this is a tweet from someone called, as we say in England, <laughs> someone named Justin Kirkland. Someone called. That's what they say in England. That's what I say. I, it you sounds said, better. You said someone named, but you I say changed it, it back. I said called first, and then I caught myself. So not, okay. could you read that, Grace? Grace, <laughs> could you read that back? It's sexist to assume the stenographer is a woman. I just want to point that out. Oh, Grace could also be a man. It could be non-gender conforming uh, stenographer. That's right. Uh, no, you're, you've won. You're more woke than me. That's right. I've uh, <laughs> Justin Kirkland writes on January 7th, a man dropped his tie on the train platform as the doors were closing and a woman picked it up. I signaled to her and she tossed it as the door closed and I caught it. And now I understand why people like sports. <laughs> That's all it took, huh? This, I mean, this is obviously not why you like basketball, but you talking about basketball over this past several months of your love affair with basketball has reminded me uh, of the conversation we had about sports long ago. And it seems to me One that of the very, you, very, very first episodes yeah, like episode three. You'll you'll be able to tell us all about your basketball thing. But yeah. one of the things I heard you talking about is touched on by this tweet: uh, the the sheer athleticism mm-hmm. uh, of particular players that you have become enamored. So please, uh, if you would please the court, this, this uh, feels, tell us this exactly. Feels a, little, a little like a setup. I feel a little bit. I know you're not somebody who does a setup for an argument. And you know you can win, but this sounds a little bit like a setup. So there's bit. no argument here. I just wanted to hear <laughs> you express your love for basketball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did this happen Pray how, how i did, did not alter it further <laughs> how did you go from the merlin of episode three to the merlin who loves basketball? that's the it's the exact gosh dang same merlin i still think sports is uh, a dangerous precedent mm-hmm. uh okay. i think it's bad for people and i think it brings out people's terrible urges how did it happen i feel like it started my my wife enjoys sports she is an athlete at one time, she was a hockey cheerleader. When we first met, she told me in high school she'd been a hockey cheerleader. And, and I didn't ask a lot more, but I kept imagining her in one of those little skirts with, with uh, skates. Doing how, do they slip, yeah, how do they slip on the ice? No, is that, is, they're not on the ice. That's so much less fun. Well, wait a second. Is that code for something? What? You mean like a euphemism? I'm a hockey cheerleader? <laughs> <laughs> she's always guarding the net. Oh, no. She's always making <laughs> nudge, slap shots. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh-huh. Say no uh-huh. more. Oh, she got the uh, triple hat trick, trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they, they sit on the side, like, you know, kind of in the area on the other side of the plastic on our side, I guess. 
No, seriously, she's a jock. We know that. But she's no, been she that is. way she's, for a long time, and that hasn't had an effect on you. She is an athlete. She is a fan of sports, and she's especially a fan of ugh, like hometown sports. Like she likes, like I can finally be compelled to watch local sports when we're in like the playoffs or the you know whatever the end game, the end times of the season. I, I will I will watch a sport, and sometimes I'll enjoy it. We've been to baseball games. That's fun. Going to a baseball and you game. Were, you were a big baseball fan as a kid, right? As a kid, I was a huge baseball fan. Yeah, I was a Dodgers guy. And the Reds, of course, the Reds. And um, no, but uh, God, see, now I'm going to lose any remaining. I'm going to lose all of my cred as somebody who hates sports. And I'm going to gain zero cred because I don't know that much about sports now. <laughs> this, is, you, this is another one of your traps that you've led me into. No, no. You, what you should say is you're going to gain all the cred for being a person who changes his mind about things. Oh, see, that's good. That's a very John mm-hmm. Syracuse point. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It was that. one of the topics. All right. Cap- capture that, Grace. Things. John gets this one. So at the end of the seasons, we'll sometimes watch sports. And as I think I might have mentioned in episode three or whatever, it, like every city that has teams, it's insufferable. Not nearly as bad as Tallahassee. Tallahassee was, was literally insufferable. It was just the, 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 the I call them Seminoles. <laughs> the Seminoles um, were just such a big part of local culture and it was really gross. But FAMU had a cool marching band, so whatever. But um, I just, you know, I'm, I don't have any testosterone, John. I'm just not into this stuff. But at the end of the season, I will jump in. And as it happened, I want to say last year, uh, I, I should stipulate for, for folks who don't follow sports, thank you. Um, we, there's a team in the Bay Area who's good at basketball. And so they, uh, were, they win a lot. They win the big game a lot. And uh, so I watched it last year, and I was like, you know, this is better than I remember, like, sports in general being but especially i'd never been to like a professional basketball game and i'd never i don't i mean not in recent times not since like the what larry bird michael jordan era probably in a little bit in the in the uh bulls you know heyday i probably watched some basketball but i hadn't like sat down and like really appreciated the game as a thing and so this year it started up and for some reason i just really got into it we flipped it on we, you know, games usually come on sometimes as late as 7.30, as early as 6. It depends. But put the game on. Also, it does help that we have Hulu now, and, like, we're really deep in on Hulu. And now I can make it a favorite and stuff like that. But I have to tell you, I, I, uh, I'm unexpectedly delighted by basketball in general, and I like our local team. I kind of, I'm not really following other teams. I'm, I'm watching the Raptors and the Rockets just a little bit because they're real good. But it's I'm not like a John Gruber with baseball. I'm not like a dog with a bone. But yeah, it's very. You're not, you're not betting on games, is that what you mean? Oh, yeah, it's called gaming. It, it's uh, it's a very exciting game to watch, and I guess I feel like I'm told that the shot clock has been 24 seconds for many years. It sure feels faster than yeah, it used to. Yeah, there, there was one thing I was going to dunk on you about, haha, oh, on man. this topic was when you were raving about a basket. Uh, base, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I keep Bestic, mispronouncing basketball. it. In my, yes, I'm not going to do that. Basketball. Yeah. Um, Used to be boring. I remembered it being boring and dull, but now they have this new shot clock that makes the game much more exciting. I, I was like, "Oh, jeez, here we go! This is a trap. You don't want right. to know what I think. You just want to beat no, me up." No, I just—that was the only thing I heard you say right. in your early love affair with Slowly basketball. Early opening the locker door, guiding my head in. That you were a little bit <laughs> off on <laughs> that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> since then many people have told you this. Oh, uh, yeah, it's super helpful. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. yeah, Todd, you jump in if you want, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually go look it up though? Or did you just? Oh no, I was corrected by somebody, and so I mean, I was I was producing false evidence um, based on my own experience of the game, which was that the basketball I've watched in the past 
at least felt, maybe just because I'm old, but it used to feel not nearly as fast-paced. And the three-point shots are disruptive. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. As good as your defense is, a three-point shot just comes out of nowhere, and you're like, "How how did that happen? That looks like a joke shot that a kid made. When you're playing a uh, horse's feed bag full of feed. Yeah, that exactly. Do, do you remember when, during speaking of the Jordan era, and I, I would say the Jordan and the Bird era are two different eras, but the Jordan era, do you yeah. remember? Oh, I, I think I remember, the Bird is being early 80s. I think of Jordan as being late 80s, 90s. Yeah, and the, the only time I ever watched professional basketball was Jordan, the Jordan era. Um, and I remember there being at that time, and I wasn't that big of a fan, so you know, whatever, but I just watched Michael Jordan when he played, and I watched championships. Um that there was a contrast in the East Coast and West Coast teams. And the West Coast teams were known for sort of like, there was a term for it. It might have been running and gunning or running and shooting or whatever. But they would go up and down the field really fast and shoot. And the the Mm -hmm. East Coast teams would get down into the paint and post up against people and spend more time down there and go in deeper, right? The famous famous long-throwing people that I knew from my youth were people like on the Lakers, like, like Kareem and Magic Johnson and people like that. Remember the sky hook and stuff like that. The ones who were doing these crazy shots, I remember. I think of that as a much more West Coast thing. And it was, and also it was, it was more running. Like they wanted to get down the court as fast as they can and just you know get the ball towards the basket because the more times you do that, the more chances you have. And the East Coast teams would more methodically just use the full twenty four seconds and and run plays to get the the ball into the basket. And in the modern era, uh, you know, as far as I can gather, I don't really watch it, but I've seen the highlight on Twitter and on YouTube or whatever that. A few, a few. I don't think it's a change in the game. I think it's just a few players who have really honed this particular skill have changed the game by by increasing the accuracy from long distances. So mm-hmm. not only do you can you you know run down the field and and make a play the field the court and make a play. It's called a, uh, it's called a pitch. Yeah, um, it's not. You don't even need to get that good of a close up shot. It's like you, if you can get this person open almost anywhere in that. If you get it to the, the right court. person two seconds faster, it's that's three points. Yeah. Yeah, so that that to me from the outside seems like a big change in the game that's exciting for, you know, that's it, it, an exciting change from even the Jordan era. What about, have there been rule changes for how long you can stay in the, what do they call it, the key or the pain or whatever it's called? Or have, are there rules about it's quick, you can spend less time under, you can't like just hang out under the net? I don't know uh, if there's been a change in that. I remember that rule from when I was watching basketball. I don't know if they decreased that number or mm-hmm. if it's just a new rule uh, as of the 90s or 80s and it wasn't around in the 70s or something. I don't know. Sometimes those refs are real hard on the screen. It's sad. Uh, have you got that was the other thing I used to love? The ba- basketball is the sport that taught me uh, the, I don't know how you'd say it, the uh, the capriciousness of refereeing, mm-hmm. right? Like how many times Michael Jordan traveled but wasn't called for traveling because he's mm-hmm. michael jordan and everyone's jaws are too busy being on the floor it's like okay so traveling is not so much a rule as it is a guideline that could or could it's like foot faults in, in tennis a sport which i'm very very familiar with mm-hmm. uh, the only sport i could say that i'm actually very very familiar with foot faults in tennis happen way more often than they are called and it becomes a difficult issue because you can use it kind of like the speed limit, you know, 55 mile per hour speed limit on a road that supports cars going 70 to enforce whenever the heck you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that, if that's, I, I don't know if you, if there have any, been any recent controversial games or you feel like officiating has shoved its nose in. Oh, for sure. I think Steve Kerr got thrown out of one not too long ago. There are times when it just seems like they just want to give Draymond Green all the fouls. And I understand he's a guard like that's He's, you know, doing his thing. Like he's, he gets, he, he fouls, he gets called on fouls, like just constantly. But I think part of that is his position. I don't really know. So, so it sounds kind of like from, uh, from me seeing you, uh, not rave, but like, uh, 
effervesce about basketball that it's almost a lot of the things that I see you liking about basketball, are the same things that you like about television shows like Survivor and that there are there are characters mm-hmm. that you become invested in. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the extra aspect is, is the like the tweet was about that there is obviously athleticism on display and being amazed at people's talents and being able to appreciate their talents more once you understand and watch more of the game. But there are also the characters, especially even if characters you watch, who are, watch in the right order. Yeah, mm-hmm. even even players. If you watch the championship game first, the the regular season games are not as interesting. Um, even even players who are on who are not on one of your beloved local teams, you appreciate how good they are as players. And I've heard you talk about that as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, you can just, I mean, like you know, just here to, to get straight to your earlier point, it is um, as somebody who's not able to do this, <laughs> daughter plays basketball, and I've thrown enough basketball. I've watched, you know, not having seen some eleven year old kid basketball games. Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, like kidding aside, like just what, what any given team is, you know, every team I've seen the Warriors play, like there's at least one person on there who's just like killing it. In some cases, there are teams that really seem like they're being carried along by one superstar player. I think some people say that about LeBron James. Some people say that about James Harden. But in any case, like there's always people who are just, they're doing magic I don't remember seeing. And, And what I'm saying is this feels like a fundamentally different game. It just used to seem like a lot of bounce, 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 bounce. And now stuff moves so quickly. And I, can, can I tell you some things I like about the Warriors that m- might apply to other teams? Yeah, go for it. Uh, and I, I, again, I'm new to this, so go easy on me, everybody. But like, they are, first of all, they do have, I would say, uh, God, where do you begin? They have so many improbably good players on their team, um, some of whom have great specialties. Like Clay Thompson is just he will do like a no setup, like <laughs> as you say, a no scope three, three pointer from just an improbably long way away. And then he'll do it again. And then he'll do it again. And he gets on a little bit of a tear. That's exciting. Steph Curry does it all, including a lot of three pointers, but also he can just, he can get in and move around so fast and then just dunk it in. It's amazing. Kevin Durant's my favorite. I just feel like all around, he's such a great team player. And what I love though, is that you've got all of that plus a ton of others. They're, they're bench. They're like second chair players, as we'd say in band, are still amazing. There's games where like earlier this season, there were injuries and there were some like being thrown out for a few games and stuff. They had to call in a lot of the kind of backbench or whatever you'd call it. These guys were phenomenal. And the whole team like just plays generally so well together. They really, they, they pass a lot. They've got a lot of like, you know, uh, assisted, assisted shots that like lots of people are participating in and they do this crazy thing. Everybody does this now. They do this crazy thing where I don't know how they throw the signal for this, but they kind of just lob it toward the net. And one of the guys just knows to jump up and dunk it in a different guy. Well, every time that happens, my heart sings. I'm like, how did you do that? That's incredible. Now, that's called an alley oop. That was in the Jordan era as well, but like maybe it's much more common and now. Somebody else puts it yeah. in. Is, is it happening much more often now? Maybe. Well, I mean, we, I, I don't know if it's happening more often. I couldn't say, but like, you'll just see now what, what's neat about all of those is this where it gets to be like the X-Men or something, because each one of them, they have overlap in all of their skills, obviously, including all, pretty much all of them have great ball handling, but they, they'll do this thing where you see this like X-Men move where three or four different people all did their good thing in roughly the same play to make something magic happen. That could be like that somebody somebody um, gets the rebound. They get way down court. Everybody's setting up. That gets passed. You pass, you pass. That goes to Kevin, but Kevin can't shoot. So he shoots it. And then Steph Curry goes to run it up to the basket, throws it behind his back to Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson puts it in. And when all of their little special powers come together like that, it's so exciting. 
Now, like I said, earlier in the season, they had some problems. I mean, like about a month or so ago, they were having a pretty rough break. They're a team that is, for better or for worse, somewhat infamous for being okay to uh, in the first half. And then in the third quarter, for some reason, they become improbably good. And these, there are so many games I've watched this season that literally came down to one second. It's, it's so thrilling. But then, so to, to tie it all together, then, and this is where I get only half a step closer to John Gruber. I'm not a crazy person. But it then is exciting to just get a little bit of behind the scenes where you hear the Draymond and Kevin Durant had like some kind of big dust up and somebody called each other. This is one of the other guys a bitch. And like now they're mad. Draymond was out for a while. How are we going to make up for that? And it does kind of, I, I get that part of sports now where you're like following along the behind the scenes stuff. It's like, see how it all fits together. And you do enjoy it more. And then they come back and it's, uh, and you look at everybody on the court and you think like, what, is this going to be their night or not? Because everybody has a good night or a bad night. Some nights Clay Thompson is just not feeling it. And then other nights, it seems like he can do no wrong. And just to watch him magically throw 20, 30 foot shots and have it just go straight in the, the net doesn't even move. And the whole thing is just magical for me to watch. And I'm, I'm as surprised as anybody that I've gotten so caught up in it. So there's only one leap that I'm not quite sure how you made, and that is to the point where you uh, buy and wear a player jersey. Can you explain to me that phenomenon? I've done that before. Well, I, have, I have no, I have no, well, sure, we all do. We're, we're just a house full of posers, especially mm-hmm. my kid and me. I, I bought a Jason Giambi uh, jersey at like the one uh, A's game I went to. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand the, the, the shirt, and I have three now. The shirts that I get are of a very especially cool design. It's their uh, like hats off to Chinese culture title. <laughs> their hats <laughs> off to Chinese culture shirt. Now the sweatshirt is just downright classy. Can, can you? Could you have a picture of this or a yes. link or something you can show? I heard you describe this. I thought you were joking, but now it strikes me that you're probably serious. Oh, oh god! And so I don't know. Everything that John says on the show is true. The now the sweatshirt. Do, 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 do. The sweatshirt is real sober. First of all, it's a gorgeous color of blue. Unfortunately, it stains kind of easily. It's a uh, gorgeous color of uh, blue with with the yellow writing. Is that the Golden State Warriors color? They're they're like UCLA yellow plus bluish. It's or so something? confusing. They're kind of they're blue and yellow. They're yellow and blue. They're black and white. It uh, d- depends UCLA on yellow. Cal so, yellow. Sorry. So, um, but they've got a bunch of real different, really cool uniforms. They got some cool throwback stuff. Um, cause I guess, I don't know a ton about the history, but they used to be in San Francisco. Then they moved to Oakland. And now as of next year, um, actually across the street from where my wife works, literally, they're going to be coming to back to San Francisco. So you can see this, the city, the bay, uh, the town, like they have these different shirts. That reflect. So I see this, this says Navy. Is that the one you have? It looks like it's, like it's a kind of, I don't want to say more like gun, not gunmetal, but like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's very grayish. It's, it's blue. It's, it's definitely blue. It says it, the bay on it. Yeah, but it's got oh, a little uh, Chinese thing going on. All right, all you right. gotta admit that's kind of cool. All right, I mean this is this is fairly tasteful as far as team sports memorabilia goes. The, the most offensive thing is probably the Nike logo. Mm, they do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, then the, the, the na- nowadays that you get also like a, a separate uh, uh, sponsorship on the other side. So there's a, mm. something called I think it's called Rakuten. Mm-hmm. You shop through eBay. Rejoice! Your, rejoice! <laughs> Shop through Ebates at your favorite stores. Earn cash back on your purchases. Wow, Raku- this one with the, with the Golden Gate Bridge looks like the Smash Brothers logo. Uh, let me look. 
Yeah, that's their yeah, that's like their that's their classic kind of classic. The the, the yellow one I think is the See, we're in sweatshirts, so we gotta move to a different area. But uh yeah, no, it's it's really it's a real cultural minefield, even before you get to the Chinese stuff. It's a really big deal because like they have been thought of, I think, mostly as an Oakland team for years now when they got real good again. They've been an Oakland team and now coming back to San Francisco, I think there's going to be some hurt feelings totally understandably. And uh, luckily they uh, built the stadium right next to a children's emergency hospital. So that should be nice. Maybe kids get injured at the game. (laughs) Just get a trebuchet, fire them over. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm, 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 uh, I don't say I'm all in, but I'm pretty in. Now I've also started establishing a limited number of connections with like-minded people. I'm Hmm. not going to go too public about this. Sometimes I get a little excited on Twitter. Yeah, you're on basketball Twitter now. Mm, not crazy so, but friend of, uh, friend of the show, Matt Howie, was telling me about something called NBA Season Ticket, where you can buy in and you get like all the games and they don't show local commercials. They just show like like people, whatever, juggling fire on the court or whatever at halftime. But um, what's really cool this week, uh, as we record this, they have a week free of the watch any game you want. And it's really cool. I didn't buy it because sometimes the the uh, Warriors home games are blacked out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy it. Spend a hundred dollars to not be able to watch whatever quarter of their games. So what are your options there? Do you have to do you have to get an antenna? Or no, buy, no, no. Or it's Hulu paper? makes it super easy. Hulu, uh, I think, is it's certainly not the answer for most quote unquote sports fans. But you just go in and say what teams you like, and it'll automatically record their games. So I've done that. Uh, I've done that for the Raptors and the Warriors, and I'm going to do it for the Rockets. Are you getting sports score updates on your watch or phone? No, couldn't care less. Okay. Well, no, I'll sometimes say, uh, actually, let's try it now. Alexa, how are the Warriors doing? Currently, the Warriors are ahead of the Nuggets, 72 to 57, with 243 left in the second quarter. Okay. I mean, I'll check in, and then, but like I say, a lot of times, Alexa, go home. A lot of times, um, I'll just tune in, like, for the second half. If my daughter has, um, you know, kind of taking over the TV for the night after bath time. Mm-hmm. I'll just watch the last half. It's jo- it's joyful. It's really fun. We went to a game. I got it as a birthday present. My family got me tickets to a Warriors game. We went, the three of us. And um, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I don't feel like I'm a sports fan. I don't even feel like I'm a basketball fan. I'm just really, it's exciting. It's exciting in a way that no other sport even touches it. And with the speed, the propulsiveness of these games and the athleticism, sorry, like watching baseball is rough. It's wow. Well, this is a uh, interesting aspect to the to sports fandom that I feel like it, some sports lend themselves more to it than others. Maybe baseball less so than the other sports. But so there's the the watching of the sport on TV and then the tribal aspect that we talked about and and being which is pretty better. gross, right? But then there is seeing it in person, and that can very often change. Uh, the game. There's two things: seeing it in person and playing it yourself. And playing it sure. yourself for the for the major sports, we've all played it in some form or another. And if we're not into it or good at it, that kind of goes by the wayside. But seeing it in person, I feel like, is a big game changer, as they say. So baseball, unless you have really really good seats, seeing it in person is mostly about I feel like the uh, the experience of the stadium and yes. the other people and that energy, and less mm-hmm. about actually being able to see the players in person because they're so far away and they're so small and unless your seats are amazing you really don't get a chance to appreciate much of anything except for maybe if an outfielder makes a, fl- a throw to home plate and you're like that ball traveled at an improbable distance or you get, if someone you get makes all a diving the stuff catch you right see better time. at home that's the thing right but <laughs> then basketball extremely good seats yeah basketball if you've got reasonable seats you it changes the game in a, in a visceral way same thing with tennis tennis i think is the most extreme because tennis just mm-hmm. looks like nothing uh when you see it on television but when you see really? tennis you in think? person 
Yeah, when you see tennis hmm. in person, it is it changes it entirely because it's kind of like when you uh, you ever watch like a well footage on someone's phone or whatever of like a, a police shootout and you hear the gunshots mm-hmm. and they just sound like yeah right because you're just hearing every squeak and pop and grunt when you're watching tennis live. Well, it's not, it's not just that it's it's the, the equivalent of gunshots. So gunshots on audio because they clip. Oh, you're they just about sound the like yeah, they just sound yeah. like firecrackers, right? But if you've mm-hmm. heard a gunshot and re- a gunshot in real life you know it'll wake you up not, real fast. not too far away from you it is way different than hearing the little firecracker sounds I, that you hear I take on your video. Point. yeah so yeah. when you go to a tennis match and you see especially if you've literally ever played the sport before because it does tennis like golf i feel like you have to play the sport to fully appreciate it not so much basketball mm-hmm. but like golf looks like nothing until you've tried to do what they're doing and you're like this is impossible how did you do this and then you watch them do it. you're like now i appreciate it more Tennis, if you've ever played it... Golf, golf is uh, harder than it looks, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, if you played tennis, you're like, okay, this is what I do when I play tennis. Then you go to a professional tennis match, and it sounds like gunshots. You're like, mm-hmm. how does a human hit that little yellow ball that hard with any intention? You're like, if you gave me a machine and said, just hit this ball as hard as you can, you can't even hit it as hard as they can. And you're I'm like, I don't care what direction it goes. Just hit it as hard as you can in any random direction. Just swing the racket. And then, <laughs> Let alone and, in this one yeah, part of the and, corner. And the ball is stationary. <laughs> it's on a tee. It's like a tee ball. You just hit this as hard as you can in any direction. Mm-hmm. And you can't do a fifth of what these people are doing on the run with incredible precision with the ball that's coming at them at 100 miles an hour. Right. And that changes it. Because on TV, it's like, to tink, to tink, to tink. And it sounds like gunshots on video. In person, it sounds like gunshots in real life. And it, it just boggles your mind. And I bet it would be like that for basket, for baseball if you were like the umpire at home plate. Like if you could see how yeah. fast the fastball is, right? But in basketball, you're close enough to see these actual giants, right, <laughs> going up and down this court. And, you you know, you realize how fast they run, how much they run, how fast the ball moves, and how high they're flying in the air and how amazing it all looks. Now, there is some aspect of basketball I think is probably better because you don't get the uh, the replays, you have to look at the jumbotron or whatever. Like you get better camera angles at home sometimes, depending on your seats. But and I've never had floor seats at a basketball game, so I don't know what this is like. But I, I must imagine that's like being in the midst of the stampede. Like you're right down there with them as as a little tiny regular mortal human seeing these. Uh, you know, we were. Uh, that's uh, that's the thing is we were real high up. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Guys, you got to get the Squarespace. I got the Squarespace and I never look back. It's the best. Here's what I say. Make your next move with Squarespace. Because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, whatever you want to do, you got to get the Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do what you need to do. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You're not, you're not doing a bunch of nonsense. You're just putting your stuff on the internet. It's Squarespace. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has it covered. You got to get the Squarespace. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. You do it right there in the Squarespace. All of those award-winning templates, they're beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And, you know, they're responsive. They look great on every device or dingus. you got nothing special to do. You just put your stuff up. It just works. Squarespace. (sighs) Team, I have been using Squarespace for years. I use it for my personal sites. I use it for the Roderick on the Line podcast, the entire thing. It's all hosted right on Squarespace. And you can join me in this. You just go to squarespace.com slash diffs. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. 
Say it soft and it's almost like praying. When you decide to sign up, please do use that very special offer code DIFFS. That's D-I-F-F-S for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And yeah, that's going to show your support for reconcilable differences. I'm going to say it one more time. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs, offer code diffs, 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. I, I have to say, for me, uh, the basketball that you get at home is, to me, very good. I mean, I, I really, for one thing, you can have, I don't know, see, I'm not really, I, I can't think without seeing it in front of me, but like, Basketball to me feels like a game where you could use the most minimal camera movement mostly and still really see what's going on in the game. You know, with baseball, think about how many cameras you need to show a baseball game. Um, football, I guess, somewhat similar. Football is really innovative now because they have all those cameras on wires, right? Yeah, so you right, get right, angles right. that you didn't get when I was a kid watching football, right. which is a terrible sport and should be abolished. But um, mm-hmm. it, with basketball, they haven't needed that much innovation because a couple of cameras looking down on an angle yes. and maybe like the ones behind the glass, right? And then like a couple down at court level, you get pretty good coverage. It's better than it used to be. Go look at like a Larry Bird game and you're like, boy, this A, everything's blurry. looks like it's covered with Vaseline. <laughs> right. And B, these camera angles are not very exciting, right? And so it's better than it was, but you don't need any like high flute and dying. I don't. Do they use those wire cameras in basketball? I don't think they need them, but they I could. Don't, I don't know. I think it varies, varies by uh, the venue. I remember when, uh, gosh, I feel like one of the first things I ever bought on iTunes was probably, well, at some point in the very early days of iTunes, when you could buy video products on it, they had a cool thing where you could go and buy old, good baseball games. And so I bought like some baseball games that I remember from uh, childhood and wow, it just, it seems, (laughs) it just seems so, so Jurassic compared to the way you see it now. And I mean, let me ask you this though. I mean, I, I have been out of act paying active attention to any kind of a sport in years. Do you think basketball in as much as you can tell, do you think it's gotten more fast paced? I don't watch it now, so I don't have much of a position to judge. I imagine the level, the average level of athleticism has increased just because, like, if you look at the continuum of basketball, very early basketball, and then, like, Larry Bird, you know, uh, Dr. J type thing, uh, Magic Mm -hmm. Johnson, and then Jordan, like, there's a continuum there of ever-increasing athleticism. Um, And I see no reason to believe that trend might have ended. The fitness of the players is better. They're the things that they're, you know, be realizing the possibilities that the game opens up. Like there's, I don't think there was a lot of alley-oops in the sixties, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, because people pull, couldn't pull them off and B, because it just seemed like a play that was too risky to try. It was sort of like underestimating uh, human athleticism. It's like this, this is a thing you can do in a real game. It's, it wouldn't be frowned upon as just do the layout because it's a sure thing, right? Same thing with dunking even. Hmm. Uh, or the the no-look pass, the behind the back. A lot of Larry, Larry Bird did a lot of those sort of trick passes. And it's like, it, depending on the, the culture of the sport, it could be like, don't don't showboat like that. Just just get the points, right? Right. Uh, but if Larry Bird does it and you score the points and the crowd loves it and you love it and it's like, all right, then that's just, that's gonna, you're not going to scold them and say, you're not going to scold, you know, uh, Steph Curry to say, stop taking all those three-pointers. Like, it's too far right. away. It's too risky. It's like, is it risky? Like, <laughs> like how many points? You know, let's yeah. run the percentages, right? Um, and so I, I feel like there is, it's kind of like innovation in the sport. It's, it's not Fosbury flop level of innovation. But it <laughs> That's seems a great like story. A, That's such a great story. Like, yeah. It seems like a steady continuum of increase. So I would, I would absolutely believe that modern basketball 
is more dynamic, faster, and displays more skills than even in the Jordan era. But but you don't see higher points. Like in the way, I mean, I, I think about when you think about best basketball store, uh, scores used to seem so crazy to me when I was a kid where it'd be like 120 to 100, and you're like 120 points. And I mean, there are still games where somebody will get like 140 points, but it, it's weird that it hasn't become like a 200 point game. It hasn't changed that much. Well, you still have to get up and down the court and you still have a 24 second shot clock and it kind of lends itself to a certain pace and you don't you don't want to rush it. And sometimes you are trying to run out the clock as much as possible if you're in the lead. So I think it's kind of like a self-balancing thing. And remember, these players are more athletic. That also counts on defense, too. Right. Mm -hmm. There there are not as many big lugs who can't get out of their own way. Everyone's got to be good at defense, too. There's only five people out there. You yeah, can't have yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. Who's, who's not carrying well, their I weight. Did, I never realized how much defense, when you think about somebody getting a foul, I never really realized how often, especially maybe even toward the end, again, I'm talking about my I'm sorry, that uh, you foul people as a defensive move because you'd rather have the shot of them taking the field goals mm. than, yeah. you know what I mean? Field goals, yeah. Yeah, especially if they're Shaq. You, you kind of missed the Shaq era. Isn't he real bad? Was, Wasn't he real bad at it? Yeah, it was like a, a hugely a dominant joke, player right? who was very one-dimensional and very bad at foul shots. It was a whole... That was that was a great thing. Speaking of... Uh, not, that, not that we were speaking of this, but speaking of things that, uh, that involve men to a disproportionate degree and the recent Gillette ad that uh, has been angering people. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't and seen Shaq. it. I still don't know what people are talking yeah. about. Well, anyway, it's... It, it's, it's, I, it's, it's you, raised a lot of concerns on both sides. Uh, no, only on one side. Uh, it's, hmm. it's a Gillette ad. This is different that, from it, the backlash to the backlash about Marie Kondo. Yeah, it's a Gillette ad that tells men not to be jerks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, and the backlash is like, I'm a manly man. I have to be a jerk. Anyway, mm. um, Shaq was bad at free throws. And as you can imagine, being like it, this hugely dominant, important player on an important team, they had people come t to help him with his free throws. And there is a school of thought, perhaps Fosbury flop style, that says, it's you could be more consistent with your free throws if you throw the ball underhand, essentially two hands on the ball, swing between your legs and throw it up in the air. Oh, There's all sorts except, of except it, you'd look like a like a like a wuss. Uh huh. Exactly. Now, whether, whether or not that's actually true, there are a lot of people who believe that and a lot of people who, you know, you can run tests and do all the science and say it's more consistent. It's easier to learn once you learn this, you you know, whatever. I, I'm not totally sold on it. But the point is, it was never in real consideration because seeing you know this big dominant mm -hmm. manly player like Shaq swing the ball between his legs and chuck it into the basket underhand yeah even if he was more consistent than he was throwing these terrible bricks at the thing <laughs> from the foul line like straight line direct uh trajectory from his you know hands above his seven foot head it wasn't like the the threat the the uh, threat to manhood yeah uh, was too disqualifying and that, yeah, that, that I, I'd love to see like a like a MythBusters on that. Yeah, I mean, it's the type of thing it's hard to prove because of so many different variables or whatever. But well, the fact you'd have that to, it you'd was have to never do it for six months to see if it's making a difference. Yeah, and you'd have to have a big sample set, and you'd have to like there's all sorts of math that tries to show it, but human physiology is complicated, and you know, basketball players have practiced shooting the other way for you know some. Anyway, a lot of it is mental. Like that is probably his problem. It's not like free throws are not a difficult shot to make if you are a professional basketball player, but there is a tremendous amount of pressure on you. Everyone else is sitting there waiting and you have no excuses. No one is blocking you. No one gave you a bad pass. You're not being rushed. It's like, here you go. You're mm. supposed to be a professional basketball player. Put it in the basket. And most of them do it, but it is probably the most mentally taxing. It's like penalty shots in, uh, in soccer or whatever. So I feel like his problem was more mental than mechanical. Although mechanically, he was also awful. If you look at the, the, the path, the ball through the air. 
it's, he, yeah, shooting was not his strength. Let's put it that way. And, and you know, to, to contrast, like, I never liked him as the dominant great player because he it was just seemed so one-dimensional. He was just so big and so slow. And, I mean, he was it's amazing that he can move as fast as he did as, as big as he was. Mm-hmm. But his advantage was that he was big and strong. But that's a one-dimensional player compared mm-hmm. to these people we have now who can do everything. Like, they're, what was they're that guy, big, Spike they're Webb? strong, no, that, they're What was fast. that guy's name? Uh, Webb, the little guy. Spud Webb, the little guy. Spud yeah. Webb. That guy was amazing. Yeah. Little guy. He wasn't one-dimensional. He was just small. He's just small. He's a little guy. Uh, look at that uh, link I just sent you. Um, so this is three-point field goals made. Leader, this is poorly written. Uh, these are the, these are the top uh, three-point shooters in the NBA. Yeah, that's a, the percentage is what we care about, right? Or are we do we total no, total total number that you got in? So the first number one right now is a guy who played from 1996 till 2014. Okay, that's Ray Allen, mm-hmm. and uh, he made uh, 29.73. Reggie Miller, look at Reggie Miller. Well, hang on, but look, and his and that percentage is four hundred. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. He has four out of ten shots he takes. Reggie Miller, Indiana Pacers played from nineteen eighty seven to two thousand five. Twenty five sixty he made three ninety five percentage. Steph Curry, thirty years old. He's been playing since he's been playing for nine years in Mm -hmm. third place. Twenty two ninety six shooting percentage for three pointers four thirty seven. That's bananas. Good. Pretty, pretty. How, so it's how far fun. does this list go? See how far you down. know what? I'm going to put this on the homework. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do on the homework. That's what I'll do on the homework. I'm going to say watch for... Do they have free throws? Uh, is there a free throw percentage oh, somewhere? Too many. Oh, they, I'm sure they do. NBA, yeah. uh, if you dig in on the NBA site, they have some crazy deep numbers. You can like kind of roll your own. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to add... Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I will find out when the next one of these is. I'll suggest one basketball game to you, and I'm going to say Raptors versus Warriors. Just try to make me watch a basketball game for homework. I've watched. I've still. You have a long way to go before you watch as many basketball games as I have. I've watched more basketball games than you've had hot dinners. No, it's <laughs> not true. Um. All right. Fine. Fine. I'm just saying it's it's no, exciting. I, agree. I I like basketball. I mean, I'm not. I'm just not. I don't have time to follow sports. I don't even follow tennis anymore, which I feel like is a shame. Well, I'm not I'm not an evangelist. I don't walk around. I'm not like walking around with a yeah. sign like. I, mean, I see the highlights. Like that's why I know the only reason I know any of these that's players that you're YouTube. mentioning is because you, they appear. And, dude, yeah, you can I go know. to YouTube right after the game, and there'll be this like the most boiled down version of the game ever, including like it's not just okay who made all the shots. It's like also when things went wrong. Those are so mm-hmm. good. They have that in the NBA app. I just, I got to figure out this whole blockout situation. So that's where I am. I'm watching that. I mean, I don't uh, rule out the idea that other sports could be interesting to me. I could see hockey being kind of interesting. Well, it seems kind of violent. Easy. Let's take it easy here. One, one at a time. I, I'm, I mean, glad I, you, I'm glad you found a new thing that you like, but your capacity for more of these obsessions is limited. So let's just enjoy this. Now. I got a lot of personal reboots going on right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm like becoming a different person. You never, fad diet. Wired up the how I, I I had many con- contractor bags taken out of my office more than last time. Remember that photo I sent you last time? You didn't send me the the contractor. That was bag a long photo, time ago. It was when it flooded. Remember? Very long. <laughs> Were they still just sitting in your office? No, <laughs> but it's been it's been a while. Months. It's been a while. What, you know what we call that in my house? What? Uh, and I but I say that uh, my wife has something that she's she's staged for. 
transmission. <laughs> Somebody will take care of it. <laughs> you know, my, my problem is always wonder, like, Somebody no, will no. find room for it. No, she's got she's got an idea of where it's going. My problem is when I see things near a stair, I'm like, is that going up or going down? And I don't know. And she yells oh, at me yes, for not bringing yes, it in yes. whatever direction. But but very often there'll be something that's sitting there. There's something right behind me right now. There is a some kind of weird teal box and then a Bobby Flay grilling basket sitting on top of it hmm. on the floor in the room that I'm in right now. And it's what I call it is it's aging. So sometimes I like it aged like it aged beef. Yeah, is this mm-hmm. aged long enough yet? Like it has to be <laughs> You're there for like cure your garbage. Yeah, like six six months to two years. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's garbage. The Bobby Flay thing is brand new, still in the wrapper. The box, oh, I have no idea what it is. God, um, there is some kind of plan for it. Uh, I don't know what that plan is, but right now it's just aging. So I was wondering if your contractor bag's aged in your office, like like the kombucha container that's in your fridge. I am going to send you a text message. You're not allowed to say what I sent to you, but you are allowed to, to, to see it and think about it. Okay. okay? This is, la- I got another pickup coming tomorrow. This is last week's pickup. That, that seems like a triumph. Uh, 40, seems- 40, those are 42 gallon bags. That seems like a triumph to oh, me. It's are big. you, not, you it's happy big. with this? Oh yeah. Oh no, this is huge. And I, I rewarded myself. I, uh, I brought a vacuum in. Uh, Wait, are these leaving your house or your office or both? Office. Office? 300 square feet. Mm-hmm. There was some stacking. <laughs> there How was many of those are just standard? There were some stacking. <laughs> it was mostly cans. <laughs> you know, you can crush those. They take up less space. Did I tell you about that? Did I tell you, you about what I did? you a can crusher? I started out... I thought, where did I talk about this? I don't remember where I talked about this, but it started out and I was like, well, I will be a gentleman about this. And the way that they had been stored was um, in 12 packs or 8 packs of seltzer, when the uh, cans were empty, they got put back into their little container. So they, you know, had 12 or, uh, to be honest, 11, because they not, fall out. Not space efficient. Lots of air in there. No, but you could stack them for garbage that's, purposes since yeah, I don't that, have garbage. That's what they we're going to find you under. You're going to find your corpse under a pile of... Like those brothers. <laughs> ...of stacked seltzer cans that, that, that eventually grew too high and fell All right, I'm you. not going to tell you any more about my, my personal reboots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you any more. You've, you've already well i know but this sounds great this i mean it must, oh, you have huge. like a you have like a dance floor in there now you oh, can have it's, parties i can i can move my guitar now you have room for crossfit <laughs> and or we're do back. you not want to touch the floor still i don't know <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> i some I, super fun site down there uh, after dubai friday tomorrow after i'm done with that the, the men will come and they'll take another another uh take another pass that first one was just like that's I don't know. This is like removing a tumor or something. You just got you got to start. You get what you can, then you go back and you keep going. You keep going. You keep going. Do, do they know you? Like, I hope they, not. Do you see familiar faces? It's like it's that guy. Yes, they, they, they always feel the need to ask questions. Oh, you like Marvel comics? I'm like, yeah. Mm. I saw your. I saw <laughs> you, your like, you like uh, how, how many points of articulation does that one have? That what they <laughs> so ask? you got uh, four X Men posters. Yeah, yeah. fan of comics. Yeah, yeah. We really want to talk about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that we really want to do that? Oh, your name is Merlin. That's really weird. I know. I know. Thanks. Thanks, buddy, because you should take my trash and leave. <laughs> I, will tip, not, not I will be tip there egregiously. You you do you need to supervise the process? You don't, why do you even need to be there? I'll keep the honest people honest, you know? I don't want to take my... Oh, you uh, can't like, f- just like, leave these things outside? <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to take too many trips up and down and the would neighbors... It just be too... No, God, call what the if, police what on if, you? Like, what if someone I knew came up? You <laughs> <laughs> live in the woods? <laughs> Yeah, you can't fit that stuff in the woods. Are you kidding? How big is the woods? <laughs> anyway, it's nice. And what else have I done? So I wired the place up. I got some good internet. Hey, you know, the dehumidifier didn't turn on. I think everything's working. Mm-hmm. 
your 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 desiccated uh, fifty plus year old body is just absorbing all the moisture, acting as a natural dehumidifier. I'm on a fad diet, and I'm already dropping pounds like a bad habit. Yeah. So what what's your fad diet? No, you talk about you. I've talked about enough about me. No, I, this is your reboots. This is all you love basketball. You're on yep. a fad diet, and strokes. you're rebooting. Yep. And I uh, I've I've created my own fad diet. It's a kind of a mishmash of other kinds of diets. And I've come up with a almost completely arbitrary pie chart in uh, my fitness pal. And I'm trying to adhere to that. I'm well, I can tell you, let me see what I wrote down. I can tell you I'm doing, I'm doing the absolute minimum of carbs, especially no glutens, no potatoes. Hmm. Um, very and this minimal. Is, is, is this a, the whole, I think I've talked to you about this before, but the whole gluten carbs thing is basically just like, it's not an intolerance. It's just that you feel like you have more energy when you do this. I have uh, an infl- I have several autoimmune problems, some of which ah, I'm much more it. comfortable discussing than others. Um, but I can tell you that at least two of my inflammatory anti-immune issues are greatly assisted with minimizing certain foods. Yeah, you should not be having any of that stuff, right? And if you I, went to a doctor, don't, were you to go to a theoretical doctor, they would say, well, the, stop the big, eating. My big, my big problem has been in remission for f- over 15 years. So mm-hmm. knock on wood, that's real good because I was super sick for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, like very, very sick. Um, like we have to go take out parts of your body sick. And uh, that's been good because I've known to not like overdo. Like there's a reason I only eat one of the slices of bread. It's, it's cumulative. My favorite example of this would be something like onion pizza with beer. It's like the ultimate, like you just, you just caused something <laughs> synergistic to happen in your body because you weeded and you cheesed and you beard all in the same meal. And now your mm-hmm. day's over. Um, but I mean, even stuff like I have psoriasis, a little bit of psoriasis and mm-hmm. it's already clearing up. It's bananas. This is what happened when I went on Atkins. So when I went on Atkins while I was having my autoimmune incidents, honestly, within about five days, I noticed the difference. I mean, I really noticed the difference fairly quickly, but I, I, I was, I don't want to say I was, pra- I really probably took two weeks, but I, I'm not about to go down that gluten thing. I do not have celiac, mm-hmm. but I can just say that I have more energy. I feel better. I eat less when I avoid uh, carbs in general and gluten in particular. So what else is part of this fat diet? You got that's mostly it. Uh, yeah, just carbs to eat ton- and that's tons it? of fat, eat tons of fat and protein. Um, no cleanses. Oh, no, no, nothing like that. And I'm doing the same amount of exercise. Mostly I just wanted to uh, not have carbs for a while because I've done it a handful of times. And it's, it's I, as I said a million times, part of it is like just my brain and my neighborhood make carbs way too inviting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of very inexpensive fast food, op- fast, <laughs> fast food options nearby. And a lot of it's sandwiches. And it's like I cannot be eating even like two or three slices of bread a day, it's just not good for me. So that's good. And I'm also trying to work on my sleep. I'm trying to, you know, uh, continually working on my sleep. And I feel like this is one bit of it I hadn't tinkered with in a while. So that's my reboot. What about rice noodles? That's not, doesn't count as a... It's killing me. I haven't had pho. I started this last Thursday. No and, gluten in rice noodles, but it's got, it's carbs. Right? right, right. And I've thought about what I'll probably end up doing is using just like half the noodles. But even rice, like when I see the numbers, when I post up my numbers on rice, like tonight I had a steak and like a, less than a cup of rice. But even that amount, it's like, oh man, I'm already at like just under 20 grams for the day and I'm trying to stay under 20. Are you using an app to track this stuff? Yeah. What? Which app? My fitness tracker. Or my fitness pal. My fitness pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible on the Mac, but pretty good on iOS. And it's really benefited over the years and gotten better over the years because now you can just like scan a barcode and it knows what the thing is. 
because because of crowdsourcing, people have added in. I, I haven't checked every single one of the entries, but they got brand names and that helps a lot. So I can say, okay, I had this much boar's head pepperoni. I had three ounces of that. You know, rack it up. So last time you did this, you stopped. Not that you have a particular plan, but I assume, you know, because you miss these certain foods, eventually you'll probably, not that you have some sort of goal that you're, or do you have a goal that you're trying to hit? You're just going to do this until you don't want to do it anymore. What what I said to myself last week was, okay, let's do a thing. I said, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to eat the absolute, because I mean, you're still going to accidentally have stuff, but like Mm -hmm. if you're going to get food, don't get food that has a sugary sauce on it. Don't eat bread. Don't eat pasta. Don't eat any of that stuff. And my goal was Thursday to Thursday. But given how well it's going, I mean, I'm already losing weight. I'll probably do more because I eat less when I eat mm-hmm. high protein. It's it's insane how much less craving I have. And then, you know, it takes five or eight days to kind of run your system out, I feel like. But I mean, it's not science. But um, how close is that to what you're doing? Are you, do, are you doing straight keto? I'm barely doing anything anymore. I'm 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 I was just on the eat less plan and I'm, now I'm slacking off on the you know what it's winter it's the bulky clothes yep. it's yep. the cold and it's Dark. just like it just yeah I'm I last you time home, I weighed myself at six I was, o'clock I, and you're just gonna want pasta it just it stands to reason yeah I, and I last time I weighed myself I was within limits because I, I went a little bit up and then I pulled it back down again right and now I'm like afraid to go on again I'm gonna like wait till the winter starts to go out and I'll see how far I mean. I think I'm still within tolerances, but I'm not doing a particularly good job of eating less and exercising more. Uh, I'm so I don't know. I'm not off of it. I'm still trying to do it. I'm still conscious of it. I'm still like, you know what? Take less. And I do take mm-hmm. less. But that's about it. Taking less is about as far as I can go. I'm not I'm and I'm only taking less of certain things. Like mm-hmm. I won't I won't. It's I'm doing a bad job. is what I'm saying. But that's it. That was the only thing in my diet was to eat, eat less of what you have. For a little while during the summer, I was like having hot dogs without buns. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I have anything against carbs. Uh, I love carbs and they don't bother yeah. me in the yeah, slightest. Yeah. But just because it, if I have to sacrifice something, the hot dog bun is the least appealing thing <laughs> it's on totally that plate. totally easy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's uh, But I'm not even doing that anymore. So I don't know. I'm still, I'm still within my like five pound range that I want to be in as of like two weeks ago. But you know, the thing is, I always say, I'm not going to get on scale again until I know I've had a good week. And oh, every I week, I'm feeling. like, has I this so been a good week? I'm like, eh, I'm, not. I'm mostly using how tight my pants fit. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was one of my biggest takeaways from, I want to say Atkins, but from one of them was like, what, whatever, your weight will go up and down. The first day, the first thing you should notice is your, mostly your waistline, but in general, your pants will feel different. And it's, and when that first happens, it's like, it's wow. Cause you could be having an up day. Your weight goes up and down and you just hope the trend line is down. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I go up down three, three pounds in a day. Um, yeah. but you know, the, the trend line is moving in the right direction and that, yeah. Then when like your, your waistline changes, that that's nice. Yeah, Cause that's a, at our age, that's the place where all the weight goes. So that's mm-hmm. your, your main indicator. You know what I found in my closet the other day? I was cleaning hmm. out my closet or trying to clean out my closet. I, I don't know where the hell these came from, but like, at a certain point, when I was getting older, my jeans were getting tighter. And I was, you know, I had to step up from the size I was in high school. I had to buy bigger jeans, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going, this is part of when I started on the embarked on this trend. I'm like, look, I'm too big. I was hit my peak weight and I dropped like, you know, 20 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was creeping on my peak weight, at a certain point, I was buying bigger jeans because I was like, well, time to buy bigger jeans, right? Yep. And I'm very, as my wife will tell you, I'm very sensitive to jean size. So I'm probably buying my jeans way too big no matter what. So just, this is not like, the size jeans of normal people. I just like you my like jeans to be, comfortable. to be so loose they're practically falling down. She's like, mm-hmm. why are you buying these? Don't, like, yeah, like you don't want touching you. Yeah. They're three inches too big. Yeah. Anyway, I found in my closet a pair of jeans with a 35 inch waist. Hmm. 
Have you ever seen a pair of 35? That's what my waist size is. Levi's? That's what mine I, is. I didn't even know they made 35. I'm a 35, 32. But well, Every I time I go to the store, it's, it's very, very, very hard to find. 34, 36. I oh, never yeah. see 35. It's super hard. But when I get 501s and 35, 32, and uh, they're usually a little loose and a little bit long. No, you wouldn't believe how hard it is. I, I feel like I'm so close to like the most normal sized person. I'm 5'9 and change. And I'm 165 pounds. It's like I, I am, I'm just the tiniest bit, probably short of average height, but I'm very, I feel very normal sized. And you would not believe how hard it is to get 35. I almost threw them out because I'm like, well, I'm never going to be that big. Again. Well, you get more, you get more joke sizes than you get 35. You yeah. get more like, like stunt sizes, you know? I don't understand that. Why, why, why is that? I, I don't know why they skip numbers. I don't know why they go up by units. They, they do that in length, too. They go up by units of two. Like you can buy 32 length, you can buy 30 length, but you can't buy 31 length. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, um, I the, the other thing to account for is during the winter, I wear thermal underwear under my clothes uh-huh. the entire winter. Wow. Top and bottom. So undershirt, thermal underwear, top, and then whatever I'm wearing. And on bottom, or underwear, thermal underwear, and then my jeans. So I always go up an inch in the winter just to account for the thermal underwear, which makes everything bulkier. So mm-hmm. I'm right now I'm 33 summer, 34 winter. But my 34 winters, I practically need a belt because they're falling down. So I feel like 34, I'm still 34 is that loose on you? And you're like 6'2"? With thermal underwear on, they are that loose, yes. How tall are you? 6'2". Holy gosh. I, my numbers, I don't, their numbers are low. Like 30, but, 36 was the biggest I uh, ever was waist-wise and 30 three matt alexander sent me some costly jeans that were 33 and kind of tight that's as low but 34 35 is where i want to be uh, 34 is where i'd really like to be because then i'm also back in the land of the living in terms of finding sizes that fit me yeah sp- speaking of sizes and in, in less uh, fat related sizes this is a crisis i've had my entire life and maybe you can help me in this or maybe yeah. you can't because you're from florida so i don't know what mm, the, the fans are what was it that uh john said this he had a term for this that I had heard occasionally on Rock Online, but never heard when I was a kid. Anyway, uh, when I was a kid, uh, when someone had pants that were too short on them because we we're all growing, mm-hmm. we what would you what would you say as, a, oh, as yeah. a form of ridicule for that? I think the phrase I word I used was high waters or high tides. High tides. I feel like high waters or floods. Yeah, floods is what we call them. Okay. So I remember as a kid being ridiculed for having floods because as someone who was who uh, was ended up being six two around like you know ninth or tenth grade. Wow. I was growing fast and I was growing faster than some of my you know schoolmates and uh, so you'd wear pants and they would be too high on you and I'd get fun of for wearing floods. Right. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to my adult life, where at a certain point I had decided that. I'd found the size jeans that I was going to wear. Like I was as big as I was ever going to get. I had stopped growing. Uh, <laughs> and so for high school, I wore 32, 32s, 32 waist, 32 length, 32, 32. Wow. And it seemed like a nice round thing. And the appeal of the symmetry probably so your torso is really long, but I, but it occurred to me that I'm probably still kind of wearing floods just because I probably picked 32, 32 when I was six foot or six one. Right. Mm-hmm. But I actually did grow a little bit more. And I would notice it when I would like sit and cross my legs and see how far the jeans go up. And I was like, am I still wearing floods? Hmm. But I kept buying 32, 32s my whole life. Uh, and when I started to get fatter in my 40s, uh, you know, or late 30s, I bought 33, 32s, especially to account for the thermal underwear and my knee. But I'm like, but is 32 the right length for me? Am yeah. I still wearing floods? That's so 32 st- seems real short for a man your height. And I don't... I, I, I wear am, 32 I mostly, and I'm a little guy. I am mostly neck and torso. You're right. You got those long arms, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not, my my legs aren't particularly long. It's the rest of me that, that where the height is, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, anyway. So I started buying thirty four length because you can't get thirty three length. No, and no, so I was like, <laughs> it would possibly want close to fit. I know. I don't understand. But anyway, thirty two length felt too short. Thirty four length is absolutely too long, and I can tell because if I walk around the he- the house with my thirty four length jeans on without shoes on, mm-hmm. my heels step on the bottom of the. All right. The pant. I think you like. Uh, I think you like a shorter pant. But I don't know, like, is, are the 32s like, how do you decide when, if your jeans are the right length? I know some people who, who wear jeans that I think are comically too long on them. I see that a lot where like, oh, yeah. like if you took off your shoes, you could hide your feet inside those things. Yes. Why are you wearing them? Uh, I see fewer people wearing jeans that I think might be floods. But what, how do you decide what the proper length for a jean is? I think what you could, you could do, and you do need to find a good tailor for this, but I think you should consider getting a pair of jeans that's comfortable in the waist and fits you right. And has a long leg, and I think you should get it uh, professionally. Um, what's the word? Hemmed. I think you should get it professionally done, so you've got a little bit of fall, a little bit of break, that it's not just dangling there. But you know, you don't want to look like a like a rube. Do Do you do that? I mean, I don't never. You know, I've seen a tailor has fit a look suit for alterations. on me before, but like alterations or tailor. No, I mean, like, what are they? What are they shooting for? Do they do it with your shoes on? How do they know what the right? Oh, they, 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 they're good at it. They're real good at it. A good one is good at it, (laughs) and they will. I've, I've had some alterations made. My wife does it all the time uh, here in the hood, and you just find a guy. He's got a little tape measure in the chalk, and like he'll, he'll actually show you, like, okay, if we, if I do it here, it'll fall this much on your shoe with shoes on. So wear the shoes you want to wear, and you might be surprised. I mean, I, I more often get that done for dress pants. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you should get some. Uh, you should get some uh, custom hemming, some al- alterations. How do you feel about cuffing? I'm, I'm a cuffer, and then and then I have to move the cuff so it doesn't become too. So, you're, uh, so yours are way too long, and you can cuff them because you've got like an extra four or five inches. That would be ridiculous if it wasn't cuffed, right? I don't know how they. Yes, I don't know how they figure out the geometry on these pants. But if I got a thirty-five thirty, I would look like a clown. The way that it's cut, they assume, oh, that guy must be like a real pear-shaped. I don't look like a clown. Oh, so you need you need them longer because the longer ones will have more of like a taper? Like they won't be, well, you know, just, you, gotta fool, you gotta fool them. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much, like I said, I think I'm pretty much like just, I don't think there's anything that remarkable about my shape. I mm-hmm. don't think. Uh, but no, I don't know. I don't know. And, and again, like, but with jeans in particular, you got try on three pairs because they will be different. One of those might be H.O. in Mexico and one might be, you know, mm. Somewhere else in Central America, Fabrique on Sheen. Oh, I guarantee you should do that. You owe it to yourself, man. Like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I, what about I have a utility this, kilt? This, have you thought about a utility kilt? No, I have this motley collection of jeans. Some of them are thirty-four lengths. Some because I went back. Here's the thing: I went mm-hmm. back to thirty-two because I'm like, you know what? I don't like walking around the house and stepping my heels stepping on the end of the thing. And, and, I, and I'm not and a you cuffer. Don't cuff. And you don't. I've never cuffed. cuffed. Never and cuffed. So I went back to thirty-two. No I wore right. 32s to work today. I think that's going to be short on you. It is, I think. But like, I just, I like the fact that I can take off my shoes and they feel like they fall. I don't know. I you also really, you're not going to you're not gonna have your toe get trapped in them as you're walking down the steps. I, I need I need 33. Have uh, you asked your like, uh, lady friend about this? Does she have thoughts? She might have thoughts. She, uh, I am a lost cause as far as she's concerned. Like she only intervenes in my fashion in like cases of emergency. Right. right. If we're going someplplace where where someone will care what I'm wearing, I just You're wearing ask something her. Wildly, I, just say, like, I say just tell me what yeah. to wear and I'll wear whatever you tell me. But even that is she finds too exhausting. She's she can't be bothered to, to deal with my so I mm-hmm. I'm left to fend for myself. I honestly don't care. I bet if you I ask her for advice, she'd help you. I, 
Well, you could talk to one of the gals at work. Been married for more than twenty years. Well, <laughs> she's, yeah. she she helps me when she feels like she needs to help me. You but pick, otherwise, you pick me your battles. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm not desperate for fashion advice. Like, and the other thing I was thinking when we were talking about this, like, and maybe you you have an answer for this, or maybe you've already crossed this bridge. At what age are we allowed to start buying elastic waistbands? When does that happen? To wear out of the house. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, because there are jeans with elastic in them. I know. I'm aware I've of this gotten, technology from ladies. I fashion. recently bought some uh, because Max had been talking about these jeans with elastic in them. I got some mm-hmm. jeans with it. I mean, they still button up or zip up, but a little elastic can be nice. As far as when can you have like a toddler's waistband to go with your children's <laughs> shoes? I don't know. I mean, if you're going out for a big buffet dinner at 3 p.m., <laughs> you got to get those panel pants. We talked. We talked about this before. You know the panel pants. Panel pants. Uh, when uh, the pregnancy pants for ladies oh, that have a, fr- yes. a front panel that is made of looser, different fabrics yeah, so that you can have. Yeah. Yeah. And so you could, you know, if you're going out for the big buffet, you get the panel pants or, panel or pants. sweatpants, and canonical sweatpants. Like I'm a mm-hmm. bit, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be as soon as I get house. home. Yeah. That's, that's my pajamas in the winter is sweatpants basically. Me too. But, uh, but I wouldn't wear them out of the house, obviously. So I'm, you know, I, I jeans, for someone who doesn't like things to be tied around his waist, I'm thinking of like, I mean, because once you're once you're eighty, you can wear whatever the hell you want. I'm, I'm oh, wear, totally. I'm wearing elastic jeans when I'm eighty. Try and stop me, right? But you know, now in my forties, I feel like I can't. I can't pull that. Off. It'd be nice if you could incorporate it into a look. Like if you're working toward a new kind of look, I think it sounds to me like you're ready for a stroke. You should go for a whole new thing. Try a new thing. Maybe you could do a bomb fell. I don't know, but I would think with somebody's help because you know a lot of times people like a fixer upper. People like somebody to have a project. Yeah, they, would, they would love to get me on one of those, you know, the Queer Eye show or something. You, you, you know Jesse Char, like somebody like a Jesse. Like oh, that, just somebody who I could would, like go I would be just... perfect for that show because I'm starting, you want someone starting from the absolute bottom. The thing is, I have no desire to tra- traverse that that stairway to oh, fashion yeah. heaven. Nope. Well, I just, come, I combined no with another show, Westworld, you know, it looks like nothing to me. Like you, you mm-hmm. don't even have, it sounds like a sense of like when you're in the right ballpark. I don't, and I don't really care that much either. I just, I want the minimum that, that allows me not to be a blight on society and, mm-hmm. and I want to be comfortable. Would you want them it. to work on your TV area? Would, would all five of them come in? We're talking about Queer Eye, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you want them to come in and just sweep through the whole place? The, the one guy no, who's handy with tools, no, you want him to work on your to TV area? Anything. I would just like. Uh, what about your books? <laughs> I, what I'm saying is, I think I would make for a good episode. Uh huh. But I would never want <laughs> to be involved. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I think that's a truism that the people who most would make for a good episode of any yeah. TV show probably shouldn't do it. There's yeah. so many TV shows I'd be good for an episode of that I would prefer not to. Although it would have been better when I was younger because this, the raw materials you have to work with are mm-hmm. not great. Like I, I saw some pictures from my little vacation of, of me like bending down to play with a small child. And I'm like, that bald spot on top of my head is getting bigger. Luckily, I saw I'm that tall. photo. I think I saw that photo. Luckily, I'm tall and most people don't see my bald oh, spot. Oh, that's smart. But it keeps getting bigger. And, and I don't see it because it's the top of my head. I'm like, where the hell did the hair on top of my head go? Are you losing your hair a little in the back? I'm losing my hair everywhere. Really? Oh, everywhere. man. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, you could shave it. Might be a good look. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I I hope someone in my life, which is probably going to have to be you, so be prepared, is going to tell me when I cross the time to shave your head threshold. Oh, okay. All right. I could take those keys. Yeah, I could do that. I don't think I'm there yet, but yeah. I want someone to tell me. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll look at that card every year and I'll I'll send some <laughs> kind of a pigeon drop. I'll put the flag in a flower pot outside and you'll know it's time. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I will look like someone dying of some terrible wasting disease once i do that <laughs> like, you I'm, might look I'm, like you have scrapey yeah i will gonna be mr scrapey for sure <laughs> i used to own dropsy.org just because i thought it was such a cute 
Uh, such it's a cute probably domain a, name. you know a what do you call it file transfer startup or something. <laughs> That's really good. I see, it's the more adorable Dropbox. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Eero. Learn more about Eero right now by visiting eero.com slash diffs. With Eero, you can build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home. Considering the high bandwidth world we live in now, you need a distributed system in your home to make sure you get the best speeds available. And with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in literally just a few minutes. This is actually true. It starts with their second-generation Eero device. It has three 5 gigahertz radios, which allows for increased speed and range. And it sits flat on any surface and connects either over Ethernet or wirelessly. Then you can easily expand the coverage throughout your whole home by adding in some Eero beacons. These are small devices that plug directly into your wall, allowing you to reach every corner of your home. And Eero is now introducing Eero Plus. This is designed to provide simple, reliable security to help defend all the devices in your home from malware, phishing, and unsuitable content. Eero Plus can automatically tag sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you'll have powerful parental controls at your fingertips. Or you can even control yourself. It's a thing. It includes ad blocking functionality to help improve load times for websites that are full of privacy invading uh, ad tracking. It's also possible to have Eero Plus check the sites you visit against a database of millions of unknown threats to prevent you from visiting anything malicious. Eero Plus even includes subscriptions to 1Password, friend of the show, for password management, malware bytes for antivirus solutions, and encrypt.me. There's an area here called personal recommendation, and I need to keep this uh, less than 35 minutes, so I'm not sure where to begin. The Eero has been a game changer for us in our house. Uh, we don't have a surpassingly large house, but it's an old house, and that means there are dead areas. There are corners that just don't get Wi-Fi. That's until we got an Eero. We put in one of these things. We even bought ourselves an extra beacon we put in the garage, which means we have a, what, four-dimensional mesh network? I don't know, but it works. It really, really works. We get very, very high bandwidth throughout the house. It's great. I've told you before, I love the Eero app. I love that I can go in and identify every device on the network. A uh, new thing they recently added, they didn't tell us to say this, but now you can get a notification on your phone when a new device has joined your Eero network and you can decide, you can name it, you can block it, you can do whatever you want with it. It's so great. Eero is also great for guest mode. If people come to your house, they just point their phone at a QR code and boom, they're on the network. No typing required. It's the best. I'm a big fan of Eero, I gotta tell you. So listen, never think about Wi-Fi again. You get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package plus one year of Eero plus. So you go to Eero.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And check out using the very special promo code DIFFS, $100 off, Jiminy Christmas, E-E-R-O dot com slash DIFFS, and that very special offer code DIFFS. Our thanks to Eero for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, so last time we recorded, uh, John, I let you know uh, that there was an affordance uh, for asking questions to the two of us. You can go into Twitter and use the pound sign AskRecDiffs, one word. And we will be apprised of your question and, uh, you know, some of them we're going to answer. So John has selected, we're not going to have time to do all of these tonight, but we'll do at least one. Uh, and it's not going like, to become like a third of the show, so don't worry. Um, John, what's the first question we should answer? <clears throat> do you want to go with uh, the one from Robert question? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the one above, the one from Deluxe, is, is kind of like a whole episode. Yeah, we are. That's going to be a. Topic. And the one below we'll is just week. literally just baiting me. Yeah. Yeah, that's also good, but we won't do it this week. Well, 
we won't do it, but we could do it. You have you have to read this because you are the uh, are you the originator of Robert Question? No, it was your so. idea. It was your idea. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm actually asking seriously. That do you remember? It's 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 my take on a dumb Mabim ma Bam style joke. Okay. okay, Christopher. Listener Christopher Nees says, "Hi, I'm Robert Question. Nice poll. How drastic was your adjustment to the major milestones in your life? Um, uh, uh, i.e., getting married, having kids. Do you miss anything from your old life? How drastic was your adjustment to the major? I put off every major milestone at least a little bit, and sometimes a lot. And I don't think it necessarily always helped. But I went to college late. I like." I don't know if I got a job late. I mean, I've worked since I was like 14, but uh, my adjustments, I'm going to think on. My daughter asked me the other, actually yesterday, what's the worst job I ever had? And I told her about my terrible year after college when I didn't do anything and was probably clinically depressed. When I, um, I got a job working $5 an hour to help with a remodeling of a hardware store in the middle of the night. And I was the lowest guy on the totem pole. I just moved trash from one area to the other for like eight hours. And I think about adjustments. I don't know. I'm, I've always been a pushbacker. I've pushed back against lots of things. I'm a rebel. <laughs> I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. You were late to college. You were late to have kids. I was late to have uh, kids by normal old school. Um, I mean, some adjustments are way easier than others. My, my MO in the past has mostly been I get something visited upon me. I have an abrupt but short period of adjustment. And then I kind of just go on like nothing's changed, mostly. Um, and with the kids, the kids stuff, I don't get too into the kids stuff. The kids stuff is different because it really is a slightly different puzzle game every day, which is, it was a different kind of challenge for me. What about you? I think most of my milestones, I mean, the, the, they were drastic. Like they, they feel like they were punctuated and extremely significant. Right. So going to college is my first one. That was huge like the first time i've lived away from home and it was especially huge for me because i have and i have now passed on to my daughter but not my son a very big independent streak <laughs> so actually literally being independent from my parents was very significant and that was i was a, a adjustment a, a positive adjustment i suppose it's like you know freedom finally right like not that i was anything was bad at home i, I like being at home just fine right mm -hmm. but it was a big change in like now, now you are the, you know, whatever master of your own domain, but not in that way. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of the college stuff. I've said for years that I wish there was a way to decouple education. Oh, by, by the way, I wish there was a way to decouple going to college from becoming an independent adult. It's become the de facto way that you become independent is because you have to, you've got to do your laundry. You've got to pay your bills. You've got to do all that stuff. Any one of those things, a high school kid could handle and you did handle it just you didn't have to maintain all of them and maintain balance plus do college level work i think that's part of the challenge is like you it's not that you aren't able to do any of those things it's just that it's difficult to do all of them in the way that's required of an adult that's the part that's overwhelming i think it's just there's so many things that you're responsible for now and being really far away from home because you can go to college nearby but then if you bring your laundry home on weekends like it's not as drastic of, mm -hmm. of a change but i was in a different state you know, very far away uh, and like not within easy traveling distance. And so that was that was a pretty drastic adjustment. Uh, getting married. And that maybe that was more of a gradual one because I lived with my wife before we were married. So it's I mean, it was it was kind of like going to college and that it wasn't the relationship that was that 
mm-hmm. big of a deal. It was the fact that now now we are both independent. Like we, you know, we are independent together, right? Now you're not mm-hmm. just, you know, we got our own place, not my own place, right? Mm-hmm. So now yeah. it was the the you know, as I I was called marriage, the uh, the co op mode uh, for life and gaming terminology. Uh, but I felt like that adjustment was less drastic because I'd already we'd already lived together for so long. Even even if we were living in just like random rentals and going to school and you know everything felt temporary. You know, like when we got our first apartment together, we bought furniture. Like we bought utensils the first, for our the kitchen. First apartment for both of you. Yeah, like we, out of college. Was, oh, because well, you were was, sleeping on the floor on the mat. Yes, of course I understand. Well, no, because we we rented uh, apartments like over the summers and stuff. Like, but mm-hmm. those weren't ours. Those were just like this is where we're staying while we wait for our next year of college to right. begin. Like they always felt it felt like you know living off campus essentially, right? Uh, whereas we got our first place, like we bought utensils for a kitchen. We never did that for the crappy rentals, right? Like you know we bought we bought a kitchen table, we bought tray tables that I still have and are sitting back there. Like we bought, bought all our stuff, sort of uh, homemaking. So that was. Not as drastic an adjustment, but I think feel like it's a big milestone. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think getting married wasn't that hard. Having kids is obviously the big one, the biggest adjustment, the most painful adjustment, the thing that I think everybody underestimates. I certainly underestimated that we both underestimated, and it's just absolutely a- entirely life changing uh, in ways that you can't possibly imagine. Well, don't you don't you buy in though that it's also it's the evolving nature of the change and the you know. You think like it's, you start out and it's like, oh God, the kids finally made it through one night of sleep. I'm a good parent. And then that changes and the next day and the next day and the next day. And like, you don't really have that much you can rest on. It really is a moving target. But I, but I do feel like, yeah, it is. It is totally a, this weird, crazy changing adventure. But mm-hmm. this phase, I mean, we haven't gotten out of this phase yet. I assume when they leave the house, I'll be out of that phase. But this phase is like the entire focus of your life changes from whatever, or for me anyway, from whatever it was you were doing before, whether it was, you know, uh, relationship, getting married, career success, what you want to achieve in your life. And it shifts entirely to successfully raising and dealing with children. Yeah. And everything else is in the contribution to that effort because it literally takes every ounce of energy you will ever have. And then it wants more. Right. So mm-hmm. it's an unlimited sink. And and that's that's if everything is easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a limited time. I mean, right? I've, got, gonna... I've got a, a healthy good performing kid i mean like and it's still pretty hard i can't even imagine what it's like to not have the benefits that we have yeah and it, and it just reprioritizes everything right and i feel and i've i got on board with that reprioritization. the initial judgment is just like it's just hell it's like you know being in the shit like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like that right but then you get out of that and you're like but it's still like everything is now reshuffled priority wise like this is this is the thing that you're doing with your life right now and i maybe that's not the same for everybody like maybe if you're like a high-powered ceo or whatever like you still think what i'm doing with my life is starting this company or whatever or like discovering the cure for cancer like maybe that's mm-hmm. what you're doing with your life and you're secondarily planning for for people who have less exciting careers like i you know my career is not particularly exciting it's 100 you know just kids because you know it's going to be like got 18 ish years uh and if you're going to do it you mm-hmm. really you got to get your head in the game it's not like you have unlimited time uh, and you're not having any more of these because uh, you can't handle it because you're old now uh, so put in the 18 years. You only get so many oopsies, and sometimes the oopsies you get or take will not be obvious that they cause damage at a time, but it piles up over time, a bunch of oopsies. And that could be something as straightforward as you forgot to pick them up, but it could just also be like you weren't sort of present for like yeah. two months and didn't realize it. And it's like, so ah, you gotta, see, you get I was the over at this kid. other plate. I was trying to keep, keep this other plate spinning over <laughs> there, whether that's my mental health or career. And it's like, yeah, but like, 
you know, that's, you don't get that back. You don't get a do over on that. Yeah, it's, it's such a trap though. Like I was saying, you, you, you had a, oh, I know so much more now. I've had a second kid, I'd do it better. And you do what I did and you have the second kid. The second kid is entirely different than the other kid. Like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> that I seems, the I gotta say, the that, that seems deeply, deeply unfair. I mean, yeah. it does seem like literally cheating. You should get some credit for that. You should be able to reuse some of my skills. Like, no, this is an entirely different person. Ha ha. And if they'd been in the opposite order, it would have been a different game, right? If somebody with the personality of your daughter came first, you would have been more prepared for either your daughter or your, in this case, your son, where you go like, oh God, this kid's so easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and what do I miss from my old life? Uh, I didn't really miss anything from my old life until I had kids and like literally everything in my life that had to be like so many things mm-hmm. had to be, uh, you know, just chucked overboard because even when you're married, being married does take an amount of time, but it's still, it's like, you got time to like have hobbies and read books. And if you're into it, which I'm not travel and mm-hmm. like go out to dinner and go to movies and do all sorts of things that you can each have your own independent hobbies, but also have things that you do together. And I think I talked about this early in the run of this show. Uh, my entire adult life has been shedding of hobbies and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to save a lot of this for the, the other topic first question. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, but yeah. I'm looking forward I, to that. I, yeah. I, I, I set aside many, many things simply because you, I just don't have time anymore. Mm-hmm. And do I miss them? I do. I do miss some of those things. But like, you can't, like, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, and what are, you, what are you going to sacrifice out of this short list of priorities that you're concentrating on to get back, uh, you know, making model airplanes? And this sounds negative, but um, I mean, I, I, I feel the need to constantly have to re-explain myself about like somebody said today, like, are you coming to New York anytime soon? I said, I hope not. Like, I really hope not. Because if I... I know it won't be bad, but if I do go to New York, I can't even begin to tell you how many things in my life are disrupted by that, um, which it wouldn't be if I were 20 and didn't care about my job and or whatever. I'm not trying to be, you know, the old man here, but I think, I, I don't know, I think what I miss is uh, more of the feeling of lightness of like what I, what I didn't know about or what I hadn't been subjected to that makes me how I am now. I would have, I think I, I think I could have appreciated that if you like freedom more, but I also really like, I mean, I like, I sometimes you have to argue even with my friends, like uh, whether that's things about being a pill about scheduling things or changing things. And I sometimes have to play my, my privilege card, which is like, I spent 40 some years being able to say no to things. Like for me, the ability, the need to say no to things kind of gave way to the freedom and joy in saying no to things. We're like, the things you do get to say yes to are really special and, and you do them. But, and I didn't used to have that. I would just do whatever and I'd feel bad if I got invited to a party. And now that, that has to be my default response to everything, not least because I do need to be there. I mean, I need to be there for the dumbest part of it that everybody thinks is really just stupid. I just need to be there doing nothing with my kid for the times when she'll want to talk about something. That's not anything, I, there's no accelerant that I can add to make that more combustible as a valuable exchange and we high five. I just need to be way the hell around a lot. And that, that really means like uh, it's, I am, I, I'm sure there's lots of other parents like this, but when I say this, people roll their rise, but my wife and I really split this duty, like for real. Like I pick my kid up from school every afternoon and her school lets out early. Like that's a decision that we made is like, that's the thing that I'm going to do. And I, do it with as much energy and enthusiasm as I can. But it also just means, like you're saying, I mean, there's tons of stuff you can't do. To your specific point, I rambled there. To your specific point, well, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to get a hobby. Well, I'm going to get a hobby that's going to take up more space in the house that I don't have. I'm going to hang out with friends more that leads to more meetings that I won't be able to go to. Like, I'm going to go get a headache having a drink with somebody. <laughs> it's like almost every one of those things, if you keep 
holding up that little eight by 10 glossy of this person you have to take care of, there's a lot of stuff where you've got to go, you know what, just in the interest of abundance of caution, I can't do that. I can't do that thing. Because you know what, stuff moves, stuff changes, it's project management. And if I if I don't have a huge amount of cushion, and that is a privilege on my part, the kind of job that I have in the situation, but like, if I don't keep that cushion built in, life gets much more difficult for my family, including me, but especially my the other parts of my family. And you have you have to account for that. And if you don't, you don't get a do over. And to be clear, like the things I miss, there's two aspects. This one, I still have hobbies. I just have drastically fewer than before. But I feel like for me, I you know I do want to. And most of my hobbies involve things I can do from the house, like playing video yeah, games. Like right. I'm just in the other room, right? But there there are definitely still hobbies. It's not like you expunge everything from your life. It's just you can't have the diversity or the. Uh, you know, hobbies that require lots of travel or lots of time or being out of the house and away from your kids. Uh, and the second thing is, like, even though I may miss those things, I and maybe see if you feel this too. Like, assuming I manage to live, which now we're getting the age to start worrying about your health, there is a light at the end of this tunnel, uh, and like that, your kids will eventually abandon you, and mm-hmm. you will be miserable. But then you will also have tremendously more free time. And assuming you live <laughs> for any appreciable amount of time after your children leave home, even just it means just going off to college, you will get that time back. Yeah. If you are were super into fishing, and now you can't go fishing anymore, and you live to eighty, you'll have time for fishing. Like yeah. save your money, work hard at your job, you know, invest wisely. You keep like fishing's not going anywhere. Right. Assuming you don't get hit by a bus or die from some terrible disease, you'll be able to fish again. So I do think about <laughs> as a quick what, parenthetical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's not, you know, it's not gone. The only, yeah. The only thing is that there are, I, I miss and have worse feelings about are things that involve being young and spry. Like, oh, absolutely. Stuff. That's, that's, that's why I said the energy, energy's half of it. Another half is just comportment. My attitude about the world has become um, much more quietly gloomy than it used to be because I, I, I don't have another 80 years. And it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm brooding about that, but I also can't just look at people who are out in a, in a bar for the third night in a row, dancing about a song about how tonight's the night. And it's like, as John Mulaney says, um, I just, we, well, yeah, so she plays basketball now. And so practices are on Thursday. Games are on Saturday. The place where they play the games is almost half an hour away from here. Um, we got the timing wrong and we're too early. We got there, but it's just as well because we'd forgotten to bring the form that we needed to bring. We didn't realize we needed the form to be there. So we had to drive back home. So we had 90 minutes of driving for one, like 36 minute basketball game. But like, that's a good example right there. Nobody plans to have an extra hour on top of that activity. That was, what, what's the big deal? You go to the basketball game, you come home. Then you can just go out and have drinks or you can do whatever. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. It's like, because I, I mean, as insane and uh, ridden with anxiety as I am now, the one thing that would almost certainly make that worse would be taking away buffer and adding more commitment. And anything you do, even a hobby that you love is a kind of commitment. I mean, you know, if you're going to have a bonsai tree, you're going to have to take care of it. If you're going to even, I don't know, it's just all of those things. And I'm, I don't, I don't, as far, anyway, that's, that's the position on that. I do miss, um, I do miss the a feeling of carelessness that it would be nice to have that without needing an edible or something. Uh, that would be nice to have. But as far as uh, the adjustments, they've all been terrible and slow and glorpian misshapen and, uh, the adjustments were not good. You know what I was going to add to yours, though? I think another one that doesn't get enough credit as a hard transition is just 
having roommates for the first time. Like oh, whether that's, that's in worst. college. That, that was not, I didn't count that as an adjustment because I counted that as a temporary terrible thing that happened to me that I quickly learned I will never do this again. I, it's so it's so bizarre that, I mean, so you had to live on campus freshman year. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have wanted to live off campus, but all I knew was was the, the first name and last name of my roommate and that it had been assigned by housing housing department and the RAs had like done this uh, when I became an RA. Org. What? Yeah, right, 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 right. Brought to you by random.org. And boy, uh, there were some matches that were just real terrible. And like whatever you bring to the stew in college, well, guess what? There's somebody over there who is making a whole different stew and you got to share a Like, wow, that's a lot to deal with. And then also to your point though, after college or during college, you can get a little older. It is so hard to navigate the issues of having roommates or housemates. I I think that's one of the toughest like, dunk in the cold water for me where sometimes a, friend, a lot of my friends especially girls um young women like they met people who became their best friends and they got along really quickly and so i guess some of the dudes too yeah if you if you have a roommate who's a friend that works yeah. and like and freshman year at college um, my roommate was awesome he, yeah. he taught me guitar he was a really cool guy or whatever like and that that made me think oh this roommate thing's not that bad you meet a stranger they're cool you hang out with everyone on my on my floor freshman year was all they were all super cool we were all friends with each other because we were all freshmen That's together we're so on fortunate campus, wow right and then sophomore year then i said oh this is what it's like just <laughs> thrown to the wolves of sophomore year you know, uh, instead of just one roommate, two complete strangers, nothing in common, don't get along, bad roommates, messy, like annoy each other. Oh, and and, and by the way, no, I think sophomore year was it five people, five people. At one point, it was either sophomore or junior year. We were in a five person suite. It's like a suite. With, okay, yeah, yeah, with one telephone line that was both our telephone and our internet connection. Ah, That's it. Ah. No Wi Wi-Fi didn't exist. We nope. had no Ethernet. We had five people, one of whom was a giant computer nerd. Me. And the other people who want to use the phone. To talk was, to people? It was, yeah, to talk, talk to people with their voice, with their, you know, mouth words. <laughs> it was untenable. Untenable. So and, but, yeah, and the bathroom is always disgusting, and people are always coming and going at crazy hours. And yeah, my, my brother had even worse roommate stories. It was just like his roommate would be up all night listening to loud music or watching videos and laughing at them loudly at like 3 a.m. And he's like three feet away and he just wants to go to sleep. He, he, I have PTSD from his story. You can, you can almost always guarantee that uh, in most cases, the other person is as, even though you might not think it's worthy, they're just as bothered by you. It's not good oh, yeah, for, for sure. anybody. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. Yeah. So, but, you know, and, and contrast that with, that's why, that's why I slept on, on my uh, then yeah, girlfriend's the uh, now wife's floor. It was because I, I had no problem sharing a room with her. We got yeah. along great. We got married. We, <laughs> it's just fine. Uh, but yeah, they, it's, I, anything to escape that and that's why i was so desperate to get a single the the, the, the oh, glorious I single i want to have a single and i i did eventually get a single this was this was kind of scary and it's taking drastic adjustment so i got a single and my wife got a single i think did that's so funny my fellow ra girlfriend we both had singles it was no, very no, responsible I, my I, my memory's so bad and my wife is yelling at me and i can hear her yelling at me now all right so <laughs> i think i got a single but she had a single in a suite, like a, like a one room in a, it wasn't a single, it was a suite, but she had her own room with the mm-hmm. bed in it. And that was the floor where I slept. No, no, she did get a single. All right, anyway, one of us had a single. I'm pretty sure it was her. And there was like a ventilation shaft from the kitchen going up through the wall, like past her room. Hmm. We're up like, I don't know, five or six floors in this very tall building. And it was like 
a fan from the kitchen going all the way through the skyscraper to the roof that like had some piece of metal that was loose in it. It was like clanging, and she couldn't sleep in it. And she was going insane and just crying hysterically because she hadn't slept in oh like you know, three nights and begging to get her room changed to her. And that's when they, I think they moved her into the, uh, the, the single room in a suite, which is the size of a coffin. And I slept on the floor, but she had this glorious, huge single and she just couldn't handle it. And she just like, you have to get me out of this place. So it's like, you know, it's, once she finally escaped roommates, it was the, the clanging air shaft. I'm pretty sure I got the story right. If not, I will be scolded at it, uh, about it at length. But yeah, then you guys ended it together. That's nice. Yeah. No, sleeping on the floor was preferable to being in a five-person sleep trying to, uh, suite trying to share a phone line. So I slept on her floor where I still didn't have an internet connection, but then I would just go to the computer <laughs> lab where, where we had Ethan. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wish good luck to listener Christopher. Yeah, he didn't say anything about himself, whether this is like, is he going through these this adjustments? This is why I tripped he... on IE, because he spelled it weird, but also I, I initially read it as is getting, you know, getting married, having kids. Um, That's because IE should be I period, E period, and then a comma. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, wait, now EG is, uh, for example. Also with, also with a comma. EG yes. is, for example, IE is. Uh, that is short for that. Which is to say, kind of. Yes. Vis-a-vis. CF, mm-hmm. no periods, no comma. Or CF. one period, no comma, right? CF1 period. Mm-hmm. No comma. No comma. <laughs> uh, you can send your questions to uh, AskRecDiffs. Pound sign AskRecDiffs. See, now they're out there jamming in the garage again. What's happening? You heard Motorcycle Boy. I know there's some kind of drum circle happening. We're having yelling night. It's a Tuesday. I haven't, he- I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard <sighs> the, your, your, uh, your, your monthly visitor go by. And flow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that in a while. That's it's maybe weird. The mic uh, I think also. I think for me, I lost a lot of the insulation when I got rid of all the garbage. Yeah, that was that was your main sound uh, sound deadening material. I'm getting a little bit of like an Eddie Cochran slapback in here now. Yeah. <laughs> this entire podcast was recorded under a stairwell. <laughs> you mean a cupboard in a corridor? Mm-hmm.